Hello, Drew Nation. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. I am out of town for a couple of weeks, coming back on October 11th. So I'm gone for an extended period, and I won't be here to do the podcast. So what I've decided to do instead, in my absence, uh, is I'm going to release a couple of chapters, audiobook version chapters of my new book, which is coming out in a few weeks here. I don't quite have the exact release date yet, but you will be the first to know, believe me. But I thought it would be nice to go ahead and give you, my audience, uh, my loyal friends out there and patriots, a preview of some of the important chapters in this book so you can get an idea of why I wrote this book, why I think it's important, and why I want people to read it or listen to it if they want to do the audiobook. So I will miss you, but uh, I'm thinking about you, and I want to leave you with uh, this episode and another one coming up. Chapter 3. But His Mean Tweets So much of Trump's so-called reputation is as honest and accurate as the false allegations of Trump-Russia collusion. Much of Biden's electoral chances, or any Democrat replacements, rely upon the perpetuation of the myth that Biden or any Democrat is a morally superior candidate to Trump. These voters would elect Biden to oversee the complete collapse of America simply because they believe that Biden is a better person than Trump. But the reality is that so much of what has been said about Trump is not true, and that which may be true pales in comparison to the loathsome corruption and amorality of Joe Biden. In May of 2023, the Democrats celebrated after a civil trial jury in Manhattan found Trump liable of battery and defamation. The Democrats have since used this verdict to declare Trump a rapist. The charges stemmed from an allegation made by E. Jean Carroll that Trump had raped her in a Bergdorf Goodman department store dressing room in Manhattan in either 1995 or 1996. Carol cannot recall. Notably, this was a civil trial and not a criminal trial. This is relevant because while a prosecutor in a criminal trial must prove its case beyond a reasonable doubt, 100% certainty, the preponderance standard in a civil trial can be satisfied if the jury is 51% confident that the plaintiff's story is true. In other words, a civil trial permits emotional verdicts rather than factual ones. E. Jean Carroll, who described herself as the slut who won't shut up, kept this alleged incident a secret until 2019 when she published a 2019 memoir on the coattails of the Me Too movement titled, What Do We Need Men For? At the time, Carroll's allegations seemed so credible that even sympathetic news outlets wouldn't touch the story. (laughs) Carol was forced to write her own column about the incident to generate publicity, which was published in New York Magazine. Afterwards, Carol went on CNN with Anderson Cooper and downplayed her allegation of rape, saying it was not sexual and that rape was sexy. Conveniently, E. Jean Carroll was only permitted to sue Trump in Manhattan for the alleged incident after Kathy Hochul, 
the Democrat governor of New York signed a bill into law called the Adult Survivors Act in May of 2022. The bill suspended the statute of limitations for one year through November of 2023, giving E. Jean Carroll a one-year window to sue for an event she claimed happened in either 1995 or 1996, nearly 30 years prior. Carroll filed her lawsuit in November of 2022 when the one-year window opened, but failed to disclose that her lawsuit was being funded by Reed Hoffman, the billionaire co-founder of LinkedIn and a major Democrat donor. Carol's credibility was further eroded when she claimed she wasn't aware that Hoffman had been paying her legal fees for years. The great irony of the entire case is that the jury didn't believe Carol's allegation that Trump raped her. Carol had claimed for years that Trump had raped her since 2019. And the jury settled on finding Trump liable for battery and defamation. So who defamed who? Carol said Trump raped her. Even with a 51% preponderance standard, the jury didn't find Carol's rape accusation credible. But somehow the jury was convinced there was evidence that battery did occur. It was a joke of monumental proportion. Compare the E. Jean Carroll allegation against Trump to the allegation made by Tara Reid against Joe Biden. Tara Reid claims that when she was a Senate aide to Joe Biden in 1993, Biden sexually assaulted her in the halls of Congress. Countless acquaintances and co-workers of Reid have said she confided in them after the event. Reid has alleged that Biden penetrated her with his fingers. Unlike Carol, she can recall the exact year it happened. Unlike Carol, Reed's allegation is supported by even contemporaneous evidence. In 1993, Tara Reed's mother called into the Larry King show on CNN and claimed that her daughter left a job in Washington, D.C. after problems with a prominent senator. Reed even claims she filed a complaint with the Congressional Personnel Office after the sexual assault incident. No one denies its existence, only that it can't be located. If only D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser had suspended the statute of limitations in D.C. so that Reed could have sued Biden for rape, battery, or defamation. If only Reed could then have had a billionaire Trump megadonor to pay her legal fees and a jury of anti-Biden activists to render a liable verdict against Biden. Democrats still point to a 2005 Access Hollywood tape in which Trump can be heard joking with an agreeable host, Billy Bush, that, quote, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful women. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. This was the infamous grab him by the pussy audio. It failed to prevent Trump's election in 2016 when he dismissed it as locker room talk but it was used as evidence in the E. Jean Carroll trial to persuade the jury that Trump didn't rape her, but might have battered her instead. These same Democrats ignore and dismiss a far more troubling allegation made by Joe Biden's own daughter, Ashley. In her diary, Ashley writes, quote, 
I remember having sex with friends at a young age. Showers with my dad, probably not appropriate. We know the diary belonged to Ashley Biden. It wasn't Russian disinformation, because there was a federal investigation into how the diary landed in the lap of the conservative video outlet Project Veritas. After the thieves of Ashley Biden's diary pled guilty to conspiracy to sell the journal, the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York issued a statement that, quote, Harris and Curlander stole personal property from an immediate family member of a candidate for national political office. Yet Democrats continue to deny the legitimacy of the diary. Can you imagine if Donald Trump's daughter wrote that her father, Donald Trump, had showered inappropriately with her at a young age? While Democrats revel in pointing out that Trump had been thrice married and pointed this as some evidence that Trump is some emotionally dysfunctional scoundrel, the same Democrats say nothing about Biden's own truly dysfunctional family or the fact that First Lady Jill Biden's ex-husband has claimed that her relationship with Joe Biden began as an affair. Bill Stevenson, Jill Biden's ex-husband, has vividly recounted when the affair began. Stevenson had asked his wife Jill to attend a Bruce Springsteen concert with him in 1974. Oddly, Jill declined saying she had to look after Joe Biden's kids, Bo and Hunter. Stevenson recalled how a couple months later, he was at work, when a guy came in and asked if he owned a brown Corvette. The man said the Corvette had been involved in a fender bender with his own car, and quote, they told him to get an estimate, but he never heard back from them. Stephen asked who they were, and the man said, Senator Biden was driving. Stevenson's wife, Jill, was the passenger. But like all Biden scandals, this simply was denied, and the media was more than happy to participate in dismissing it. Nor does the media express any outrage that President Biden continues to refuse to acknowledge the existence of one of his granddaughters. His son, Hunter, has long denied being the father of Navy Joan Roberts, the daughter he had with ex-stripper London Roberts. But a 2019 DNA test proved that he was, in fact, her dad. Hunter has since fought to lower child support payments, and his father, Joe Biden, has repeatedly refused to acknowledge her existence. Hunter Biden even flew on a $6 million private jet to his Arkansas child support hearing in May of 2023 to argue for a reduction in payments to the mother of his own spurned child. Imagine if Don Jr. had a daughter with an ex-stripper, denied being the father until a forced paternity test proved he was, and then Don Jr. fought to lower child support payments and demanded that she couldn't use the name Trump. That's what Hunter Biden has done. And imagine if Donald Trump repeatedly gave speeches declaring his love for his grandchildren while excluding a granddaughter born out of wedlock to his son Don Jr. He'd rightfully be declared a monster. While Trump's so-called mean tweets have become a rallying cry for those objecting to Trump's presidential candidacy, 
What about the mean words and deeds of Joe Biden? It was Biden who falsely attacked the unvaccinated as unpatriotic and blamed them for the pandemic. It's Biden who consistently uses his bully pulpit to attack tens of millions of patriotic Americans, smearing them derogatorily as MAGA Republicans and saying they, quote, pose a clear and present danger to American democracy. It was Biden who called Fox News reporter Peter Ducey a stupid son of a bitch on a live microphone after Ducey asked him whether inflation was a political liability for him. It wasn't Trump who walked into a Detroit auto plant and called a factory worker, quote, full of shit. That was then-presidential candidate Joe Biden who accosted an American voter in Michigan as the Democrat voters cast their ballots in the Democratic Party primary. It wasn't Trump who said he would, quote, beat the hell out of Biden if they were in high school. That was the petulant and immature Joe Biden who in 2018 said he'd beat the hell out of Trump if they were in high school. But Democrats claim that Trump doesn't have the temperament to be president. It was Biden, not Trump, who used a web of more than 20 shell companies to conceal money he received from foreign nationals. More than $10 million. The left attacked President Trump for spending 75 days playing golf in 2018. Trump has a golf problem, Chris Salitza wrote at CNN. The left and Chris Salitza were eerily silent after President Biden spent 40% of his days in office on vacation, 234 days out of 589 by August of 2022, 360 days by August of 2023. In Biden's defense, he can't make it up the stairs of Air Force One without falling down, much less play a round of golf. Instead, Biden prefers to trudge through the sand near his beach house in Rehoboth, Delaware, and painstakingly lower his decaying, decrepit body into a beach chair to take in the sun's rays. In fact, Biden enjoys his beach vacation so much that he can't even bother to pretend being the president when he's busy biking, sunbathing, or stargazing at his beach house. After the deadliest American wildfire in a hundred years raised the town of Lanai on the island of Maui, and burned hundreds of Americans, including children, and entire family units alive. Biden headed to his beach house to decompress. While burned human corpses were being excavated from beneath the rubble of former homes and businesses, Biden was enjoying the sun and biking at his beach house. When asked about the tragedy, Biden repeatedly dismissed reporters' questions with no comment. Not once, but multiple times. Biden had already enjoyed a 10-day vacation split between his beach home in Rehoboth and main home in Wilmington, Delaware, prior to the burning of Lanai. He re returned to work for just a week before heading back to his beach house for the weekend. Biden was at the Grand Canyon delivering a teleprompter speech, during which he called the Grand Canyon one of the world's nine wonders, while Lanai was being obliterated. Rather than address the historic loss of life and property in Lanai, Biden headed back to his beach house for the weekend, while the number of declared dead Americans continued to climb. Biden was lounging on a beach chair as the number of reported dead rose to 111. He told the reporter no comment when asked about the blaze. 
Biden took two separate vacations before finally making a six-hour appearance in Maui to address the tragedy. Biden lounged at the beach the weekend following the destruction. He then spent the following weekend on vacation in Tahoe, where he stayed at a billionaire's house. On Monday, August 24th, 13 days after the fire had razed Lanai and burned hundreds of Americans alive, Biden finally traveled to Maui, where residents who hadn't died appropriately greeted him with obscenities. In Maui, Biden comforted those who had lost their lives, loved ones, homes, and businesses by telling them he and his wife Jill had a little sense of what it's like. Biden then recounted how 15 years before, he'd suffered a kitchen fire in his house. He then outrageously claimed he'd almost lost his wife, 67 Corvette, and cat. Joe Biden is a sociopath. Can you imagine if Trump had taken two vacations while Americans searched for the charred remains of their loved ones and refused to comment on a tragedy of historic proportions? Can you imagine the media's reaction? The media famously promoted the Trump-Russia collusion hoax for years on cable TV. The same media dismissed and ignored the true Biden family corruption scandal. As a matter of fact, the media even manufactured Trump scandals. Ahead of the 2020 presidential election, the left-wing Atlantic magazine published a hit piece accusing Trump of having skipped a trip to Ein Marne American Cemetery outside of Paris because the U.S. Marines who died there were suckers for getting killed. The alleged event had taken place two years before, in 2018. The author of the article, Jeffrey Goldberg, used anonymous sources to build his latest piece of fiction, accusing Trump of disparaging the U.S. military. This piece was the origin of the Losers and Suckers hoax. While Goldberg used anonymous sources, nearly a dozen government officials, both current at the time and former, went on the record to state that the story was categorically false. Eight of those had first-hand knowledge of the alleged incident. Goldberg falsely claimed that Trump had lied about the reason he skipped the trip to the military cemetery in 2018. Trump had blamed the rain, saying, quote, the helicopter couldn't fly. Goldberg wrote that, quote, Trump rejected the idea of the visit because he feared his hair would become disheveled in the rain and because he did not believe it important to honor American war dead. Not only did contemporaneous emails debunk Goldberg's false accusation, an email from one of Trump's military aides at the time said, we are a bad weather call for today's lift. But Trump had repeatedly delivered speeches in pouring rain. The day after Trump was forced to cancel his speech at Ein Marne American Cemetery, President Trump delivered a speech at Surin American Cemetery near Paris without an umbrella. The few reporters who attended huddled under umbrellas and wore ponchos. Most decided to stay at the hotel to stay out of the rain. Were these reporters accused of skipping the speech because they were more concerned about their hair than honoring the American war dead? In other words, on Saturday, Trump canceled the speech because of inclement weather, corroborated by emails at the time. And the very next day, on Sunday, Trump delivered a speech in the rain without an umbrella. But two years later, ahead of the 2020 election, Goldberg wrote a piece accusing Trump of having canceled the Saturday speech in November of 2018 because he hated the military and loved his dry hair, even though the very next day, 
Trump honored the military and got his hair wet in the rain. Fabricating lies to malign Trump's character and manufacture scandals is a full-time job for the left. So too is running cover to make excuses for countless demonstrations of Biden's truly reprehensible character and downplay true and evidence-based Biden scandals. In 2016, then-Vice President Joe Biden gave a speech to U.S. troops in Abu Dhabi, during which Biden called them, quote, stupid bastards. The comment came after the service members failed to clap after Biden delivered a dull joke about how he had incredibly good judgment for marrying Jill Biden. Biden said, clap for that, you stupid bastards. Come on, man. Man, you are a dull bunch. Must be slow here, man. I don't know. Unlike the Losers and Suckers hoax, which relied upon Goldberg's imagination and anonymous sources, Joe Biden's stupid bastards line came from Biden's own mouth and is still available for all to see and hear on video. The same media that dutifully repeated the Losers and Suckers fiction as fact dutifully downplayed, denied, or defended the stupid bastards fact as fiction. Bad joke or not, imagine if President Trump had called U.S. service members stupid bastards, and dull. The media has lied and misrepresented everything Trump has said or done in an effort to constantly disparage his character. In October of 2020, at the pinnacle of the Democrats' COVID fear porn campaign, while Joe Biden was hiding in his basement, President Trump tested positive for COVID. During an interview with Fox Business host Maria Bartiromo, Trump benignly suggested that he may have contracted the virus after he hosted an event honoring Gold Star families at the White House. Having just viciously attacked Trump for the losers and suckers hoax, the same media and Democrats seized upon an opportunity to pile on, claiming that Trump had disrespected the families who had lost their loved ones. On the contrary, the fact that Trump chose to host these families during the pandemic was a demonstration of his deep admiration for these families and his commitment to them. If anything, Trump was willing to risk contracting COVID by being in a room with a bunch of people, a move that Democrats also repeatedly condemned as irresponsible throughout the pandemic as they championed social distancing and lockdowns. And what of Joe Biden's Gold Star family problems? Biden has an entire history of actually disrespecting these families. Mike Lubelt, the father of the fallen Army PFC Tyler Lubelt, told the Washington Examiner in October of 2019 that he had a, quote, horrible experience meeting Joe Biden. Lubelt said that Joe Biden, quote, told my daughter-in-law that she was too pretty for this to happen to her. Where was the outrage? After 13 U.S. service members were murdered, in a suicide bombing during Biden's botched and chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan, several family members of these fallen heroes expressed outrage after their meetings with President Biden. They pointed out how Biden kept looking at his watch during the dignified transfer of the deceased's remains and how he kept bringing up his own late son, Beau. Cheryl Rex, a Gold Star mom whose son, Marine Lance Corporal Dylan Marola, was one of 13 American service members murdered in the suicide bombing during Biden's botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, she recounted how Joe Biden tried to comfort her by lying to her. 
Just as Biden lied to those in Maui about his kitchen fire, he lied to Cheryl Rex, telling her, quote, My wife, Jill, and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a flag-draped coffin. Biden's son, Beau, passed away in May 2015 at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, from brain cancer, six years after he'd come home from Iraq. Joe Biden is a pathological liar, a callous and selfish individual incapable of empathy. In fact, he's everything Democrats falsely accuse Trump of being. Democrats routinely claim that Trump is a racist. There's no evidence of this, but there is ample evidence of Biden making racist remarks. When black Americans expressed a vaccine hesitancy with regard to getting the COVID jab, Biden lectured blacks about their fears. Quote, they are used to being experimented on. The Tuskegee Airmen and others, Biden said. Biden, of course, confused the legendary World War II pilots, the Tuskegee Airmen, with a notorious governmental study of syphilis among black men called the Tuskegee Experiment. Not only was Biden stupid, but his comment was remarkably insensitive and racist. Is it possible that black Americans, like millions of other non-black Americans, simply made a personal decision not to get the vaccine? A decision since proven to have been quite astute? And who can forget Biden's assertion in 2007 regarding Barack Obama's prospect of becoming the first black president? Biden referred to Obama as, quote, the first mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean. The same Democrats who say Trump is unelectable because of alleged affairs or sexual promiscuity elected the serial philanderer, and worse, Bill Clinton to serve two terms. Not only did Clinton have an 18-month affair with Monica Lewinsky, which began in 1995, and which he lied under oath about, but he has also been accused of countless acts of sexual assault and even rape. Barack Hussein Obama, who made history when he was elected as the first half-white president, was a good friend of Bill Ayers an avowed and unapologetic domestic terrorist. Obama denied their friendship, claiming that Ayers was just, quote, a guy who lives in my neighborhood. This was a lie. Barack Obama's first run for the Illinois State Senate was launched at a fundraiser and campaign kickoff at a 1995 gathering at the home of Bill Ayers and his wife, Bernardine Dorn. In 1970, both Ayerses were indicted for inciting a riot and conspiracy to bomb governmental buildings. Between 1995 and 1999, Obama led the CAC, Chicago Annenberg Challenge, which was founded by Bill Ayers. Obama remained on the board until 2001. Democrats proudly elected the radical Obama to serve two terms. Obama's scandals are too numerous to recount. He spied extensively on James Rosen, a Fox News reporter, weaponized the IRS against conservative organizations, and sent pallets of cash totaling $400 million to Iran. The Obama administration later admitted that the cash payment to the Iranians was contingent on the release of a group of American prisoners. Democrats tried and failed to bring Reagan's presidency to an end when it was learned that U.S. arms were exchanged with Iran for hostages without Reagan's knowledge. Biden's detainment of those Americans who participated in the J6 protests 
has been carried out with the same ferocity and faux justification as Roosevelt with regard to the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. Like those Japanese victims of government abuse, these Americans have been denied their civil rights and due process. For more than two years, footage that would have exonerated J6 defendants was withheld from their legal teams. A female guard wearing a gas mask unloaded multiple cans of mace on a J6 detainee because he refused to wear a mask. In just one example, a U.S. judge found that top officials at the D.C. Department of Corrections impeded the access of one J6 protester to medical care. Christopher Worrell, a member of the Proud Boys, had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and broke his hand while in custody. An orthopedic surgeon recommended Worrell have surgery to repair it. He was denied the surgery and treatment for his cancer because the Department of Corrections refused to provide the doctor's notes to the U.S. Marshals Service. Back in 2005, Democrats rushed to defend Muslim prisoners held at Guantanamo Bay over allegations that military guards or interrogators mishandled the Quran. Imagine if these terrorists had been denied medical care. Under the Biden administration, radical Islamic terrorists are treated better than U.S. citizens. Neither Trump nor Biden are perfect, but the media portrayals of both men are completely dishonest. An honest assessment of Trump's character, derived from fact rather than fiction, reveals that Trump is a mostly decent man who is falsely depicted as indecent, smeared with entirely irresponsible and hyperbolic allegations of racism and even Nazism. And an honest assessment of Biden's character, derived from his own original words and actions, rather than the filtered and edited version created by the media, reveals that Biden is a man of little or no character, an entirely indecent man who is falsely depicted as decent. Even if you still loathe Trump because he doesn't live up to your own rigorous standard of perfection, if you apply that same standard to Joe Biden, he falls even shorter than Trump. Sadly, neither Biden's failed presidency nor his prolific character flaws are enough to persuade some to vote in their own best interest and that of the country by voting for Trump. These Americans will vote for Joe Biden or another Democrat because they believe more lies, that the Democratic Party is moral, decent, and good, that Biden and the Democrats are fighting a phantom war to save democracy and defend the country against the non-existent assault by the far-right ultra-super-duper MAGA people. Well, I hope you enjoyed that preview of a chapter from my upcoming book, America's Last Stand, Will You Vote to Save or Destroy America in 2024? Uh, keep a lookout. I will release another episode. The next one, I will deal with the climate change hoax. All right, God bless everybody, and until next time.